Hey everyone, welcome back to Agency Hacker. I'm Destine, your co-host of the show. Today we are here with Anya Parker-Lentz, the CEO and founder of Landau Agency. How are you, Anya? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing good. Let's get started. What does your agency do and how did you start it? Um, We are a small social media agency for six and seven figure businesses. We only work organically and it's, you know, a very creative process. Um, we're, we're really trying to bring out the best in, in the entrepreneurs and the creators that we work with. So um, what we do is, is trying to highlight as much of them as possible and, you know, not even have it look like they have anyone um, behind them while also making them look like they have a team all at once. Um, so, yeah. Yay, it's amazing. How you started it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How'd you start it? Um, I graduated college in 2018 with a degree in applied physics. Um, oh. And I had three different jobs out of college because I couldn't pick one thing to do. So I was working as a physics researcher <laughs> and I was working, I was working in a lab as a physics researcher in, in Jersey City. Um, I was working uh, with a, a nonprofit group in New Jersey um, that put on these like big events. So we did um, a, a big concert at Carnegie Hall as a fundraiser mm-hmm. for um, a, a humanitarian crisis. And I was also working as a freelance social media manager for someone that I had been put in touch with. Um, I've been in the social media space for a lot longer than that. I uh, am a musician and run my own, I have my own band with my sister. So I've been like managing our presence and like growing our presence like from scratch Mm -hmm. for a long time now. Um, So I had, you know, experience going into this and I had worked, you know, random little internship type jobs, like taking over social media for you know, adults who (laughs) felt like they didn't have any kind of grasp over it. So coming out of college, I had these three different jobs um, and was maintaining them all pretty well for a while. Um, About a year in, I think I might have pared down on one of them. I think I might have like dropped my research position, but I was still doing Mm -hmm. like two two jobs. Um, And then by the time like a year had passed, I I sort of decided that I felt like I wanted to be able to travel more and be more remote. This is like right before the pandemic. So it was like a good foresight. (laughs) Um, But I had ultimately decided to leave my nonprofit job um, and do what I was doing full time uh, with Mm -hmm. social media. And so I I started to... um, pick up more clients, you know, look to my local network, um, work, started really small and just kind of like, I remember one of the first people that I worked for, the rate that I pitched them, they actually increased it by 150%. And that was like a huge step to, or a huge sign to me that I was moving in the right direction and that people respected me and valued what I did. Um, which was very cool to experience, and that was probably like the first, the, the first step in the in the direction of um, respecting my work, rather than just being like, oh, I'm just an assistant, or I'm just you know making this mm-hmm. happen. Like this was someone who was like, no, we you you're doing such a good job, and we really want what you're doing. 
we actually think you deserve this much more, um, which is huge. And I've now since done that for people who have worked at my company because I'm like, it's such a powerful experience when someone's like undercharging for themselves. Um, yeah. yeah. And so then I basically uh, had sort of pared away or pared down on all these, all these things. And I started my company and right before, like filed my out for my LLC right before the pandemic hit and then the pandemic hit and it was like, okay, this is great. <laughs> I'm already in this space. <laughs> I'm already here online. So I've just spent the past, you know, three years really um, making something or two, three years, but two, two with the pandemic making something, you know, that I really believe in. So, yeah. Yay. That's amazing. What an amazing story. What year was, I have two questions. What year was this that the client ended up raising what you pitched? And then also with your music background, like you said, on social media, has that helped just kind of, has that like given you any skills that poured into like what you do today? Would you say? I think that, so the first question, I feel like I I feel like it must have been I think it was 2019 into 2020. It was for a local election. So I was working on their campaign. So it was like for a local election in 2020 and that ended up being like obviously I'd been working on that for probably a year before, which was very cool. Um wow. and then music I, yeah, I, I think the performance aspect more than anything else. I think I've learned how to show up. I've learned how to be fearless for myself online. I've learned how to um, – I think one of the biggest lessons it's taught me, which might sound weird, but it's that in music, like, you really have to believe in what you do and who you are and your music. And, like, there, I was at a, a Hanukkah party last night because – um, at a music studio in Brooklyn and mm -hmm. I met someone and she was like, oh, you know, make sure to listen to my song on your drive home. Um, it's like amazing. It's an amazing song. And this is like her talking about her own song. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I'm, I love that you're like telling me that I was like, you have to, I was like, not many people, I feel like the artists are always trying to be so humble, whatever. And they're like, oh, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that good. And she was just like, fearlessly like, like go listen to my song. It's great. And I was like, okay, amazing. Yeah, I'll listen to your song. And I think that there is this, like, you have to have this, like, fierceness for yourself. And so yeah. I've applied that to, like, I only take on clients who I feel that same fierceness for in whatever way. You know, like, I think that a huge part of my belief system and who I bring on is, like, I don't necessarily have to, like, adore their product in the sense that, like, I might buy it, but I have to believe in what they do and believe in the way that it helps the people who do buy from them. So mm. that's kind of like how I think it fits in really well is like learning um, to like spot passion and, um, and, and like self-belief and belief, like community belief in someone. Mm, that's huge. That's huge. I think I can really relate to that. I think it's like someone who's naturally humble might find that a little bit hard to be like, yeah, this is amazing. I know it is. Like, I know you need this, you know, but it's something that I feel like anyone can grow into because no one can give you confidence. No one can like give you that passion. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you don't need what to, and you don't need to lie about it either. You know, it's like figuring out like what you really, like everyone has something that they, yes. they are just like, amazing at and that they can get to the point of saying like, yeah, I'm really good at this. 
Yes, absolutely. What would you say, or maybe over the years, did you expect to just get into the space of just posting? Have you always posted a lot on social media or did you always know that you wanted to share more about your music and your passions? Um, I have always been super active online. Um, it's, you know, been a space that I feel really comfortable in. I was like Tumblr kid back in Same. 10, you know? Um, and like, so, so I, and I've made, I've formed some of my, you know, there, there's so much space on social media to feel like icky about and like, like comparison is, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's constantly battling comparison, but like we were battling comparison back in the days when like there was like sports illustrated swimsuit edition. Like it's not a new concept to be comparing yourself mm-hmm. to media. And I don't think it's inherently evil um, mm-hmm. to like be there. And I view social media as very much like a community oriented space. So mm-hmm. I feel like I grew up in and we're probably a similar age groups, I'm just assuming, yeah. but we you know, yeah. grew up in the era of like, this is our language. Like being online is our like community. It's our like mall that we all meet up at, you know? Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> I feel like I've formed some, I've, I made, I've, I have so many friends that I made and that I've been friends with online for 10 years. And that is something that I value so much. And so I've, I've, I think I've always felt this fluency with social media. Um, and the funny part is for my my company, I didn't start posting seriously for myself until earlier this year, which is super backwards considering I've been running a company <laughs> in, so, in the social media space for three years. Um, but we've had amazing success with all of our clients and I applied all of like the client success to other clients. So I was like, I didn't need to prove it for my own pages because I was already hitting, you know, like we were getting like 50,000 view videos on many of our clients' videos or like, or many of our mm. clients' reels. And then like, you know, we have one client who went from zero to 130K on TikTok. Like there's so many like instances where, where we had that success um, that I didn't need my own page to like show for it. But now I'm taking that seriously and I've been recording reels all the time. And it's just been like fun because I've rediscovered Yay. the joy of it. <laughs> Yay, I really feel this, <laughs> like rediscovering the joy in it and really just seeing social media as, like you said, like just a place of community and, I don't know, belonging in a way, I would say. Who yeah, would you say? Like, art if you want it to be, you know, like mm-hmm. it can become this like art form. Like it's not a, a separate thing. It's like creation. Like it's called yes. content creation for a reason, you know, like. For it, a reason. I, yeah, so I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like we're here to create. (laughs) Like whatever that may be, we all have our thing. And yeah, it's a blessing. (laughs) Who would you say your clients are or how do you get them? Is it just inbound, outbound, referrals, ads, social media? What's the process Um, like? A little bit of a few things. Um, We definitely have had some people like come right off the the street, the digital street and like find us on Instagram and believe and, you know, love what we're doing. Um, we definitely have a lot of referrals, which is always a good sign because it means you're doing what you're doing with your clients really well. So we end up having a lot of referrals. Um, I am a very like chatty networky person. So anytime I'm in person with someone or like go to a networking event, you know, something always ends up coming out of that. Um, and I end up, I speak at a lot of different like workshops and conferences. I try to like get in on as many other people's stuff as possible. And I'll offer like, Hey, I'll teach the social media workshop to your people. And Mm. that usually ends up 
resulting in some clients too. I actually have a conference that I'm keynoting today <laughs> after Yay. this. So like in two hours, I have to change my hair. So I don't look like it's all the same day. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. That's super exciting. It sounds like just putting yourself out there and, you know, obviously it's worked for you. Do you think that in the beginning it was more referral? Like, has it changed at all? Was it more referral based? And then now you're like, okay, I need to like go out there in person or did COVID make it more online as are the COVID definitely, I mean, it was definitely all online for COVID. I think I got really, I was a very, I was very fortunate. My first, um, I'm going to call it a, it's definitely a combination of luck and, and like working for it. Um, but I was lucky to have clients who had other clients who needed, you know, the work that we were doing. Um, I don't think it's changed too much. I think we're still really heavily referral based right now. Um, but as the, as my socials are growing because I've just started to take my own company social seriously, um, that's been bringing in new people as well. We have, uh, I'm currently like running a mini program with a funnel expert that, that like this week and next week. Um, and so we did like a little holiday offer for that and ended up selling like you know, more than we expected to having come out of this, you know, having, having just like come up with this idea, an idea that we like really believe is good, like is, is a good idea, but we just like had only come up with the idea like a few weeks before the holiday, before Black Friday. So we ended up like mm. kind of putting everything together really quickly and we have it like filled with really awesome people who um, have either like been on my email list or, you know, they've yeah. ended up on it in some way or another. So it, it's that it hasn't changed too much. Um, it's definitely mostly virtual, but now that things are opening back up again, I'm definitely trying to be out and about and, um, and that's so exciting. Uh, that's so exciting. I love that you mentioned just that something that you believe in, something that you wholeheartedly believe in. And it just goes to show that like, I mean, community is important, of course, but networking is so vital and just like, like literally putting yourself out there and sharing, sharing can bring you so much. And there's something so genuine about just like telling someone what you do in like this pure, purely passionate way that I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I do. And if you want it, come get it. And it's here if we're a good fit and if we like you too, but we don't need you. You know, like we just want you if we want you. (laughs) So Absolutely. Absolutely. And I found that in my life as well, just sharing about it and being excited about it, not even expecting to, you know, work with that person. And all of a sudden they're like, wait, where is it? Like, can I get the link? Like, what's going on? It's like, oh, wow. Just like genuine (laughs) connection and things like that. But yeah, what would you say your agency's expertise is in your currently right now? Definitely organic social media marketing, um, which which spans a few things. So for some people, that means... um, you know, we're, we're just consulting them on how to build their presence, what types of things they should be posting, how Mm. to kind of like rearrange their schedule so that they're not, or, or rather built, build into the schedule, um, a way of not causing burnout with huge Mm. content plans. Like I think a lot of, I see a lot of social media marketers and this is like no shade to them because they know what they're doing and that's worked for some people, but there's like this I, sometimes I see this very one-sided approach of like, you have to post this many times a day and with this frequency and with this, whatever. And it's just, it's a really difficult, like prescriptive thing for people who, you know, maybe they need to take a week off of social media and, you know, 
at that point, screw the algorithm. And if, if it's going to like cause them to have really bad content on the other side of it, why is it worth trying to optimize on like all Mm. these things? Like when their content's just going to be like tired and, and not like inspired by the things that are happening to them because they're just like exhausted. So yeah, we'll do some of that stuff. Like we definitely focus on like the human behind it because, you know, we can hack and optimize all we want, <laughs> but yeah. at the end of the day, we're people and we need to like take care of ourselves. And so we focus a lot on like the whole person, um, which sometimes is a little bit slower, but ends mm. up being so much more sustainable. Um, and for some people it's really fast. <laughs> like for some <laughs> for one person, literally I have texts from her of like, oh my God, 20,000 followers on TikTok in a week, in two weeks. And I'm like, great. <laughs> this is because you just like, ca- like came to this from like, she spent her time like, you know, um, really taking stock of like how she wanted to be on there and then just showed up and like her people found her and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, then kind of on the more management side of things, we we go as kind of mild as like taking their assets and transforming them into, you know, their own social media presence. So we have some people who like never, ever, ever show up on social and their people have no idea. Like we just make it feel like so seamless that they're there. Like we have this one guy who's in LA and he's a violinist and he's awesome. I love him. But he... I don't think has logged in on his Instagram account in like six months and all of his people are commenting on his stuff like as if he's there like you know well sorry I have an eyelash in my eye it's really you're all good (laughs) his his people will be commenting and and talking to him and he responds when he needs to but um that's like part of the beauty of what we do is like for someone who might not have any time to be on there as long as they're doing something else in their business where that we can pull from um, we love the like repurposing and like sharing their vision. Um, and recently, I know this is a, a long answer for a short question, but no, recently good. we've been more in like the content creation space of doing like big video packages with people. So, mm. you know, sitting down with them, recording multiple months worth of reels, f- having them get comfortable with recording reels on the fly, mm. um, getting more into video content, short form video content in a way that feels super aligned with them, you know, like Mm -hmm. setting up cool studio spaces with like amazing backgrounds. And so we've been working a little bit more in that space, kind of more project base and like traveling around to, to record content for people. So that's been my favorite like recently, but I love everything that we do. Yay. That's so exciting. You know, I love the first part that you said, like just organic social media marketing, but also just focusing on people you mentioned. That's huge because business is people. And I think it's also important to run away from just rigid like plans. Like you said, like, okay, posting this amount of time at this day, this day, this day. It's like, you'd actually need to be inspired by that's so important. And I think nowadays people will go the other route, which is just the rigid (laughs) pathways. I think that's so important. I'm sure your clients appreciate that. Can you give an example of just how you work, like more in depth of how you work with your clients and just work towards their needs and their passions, would you say? Yeah. So uh, the the violinist that I was talking about is actually a really great example of like kind of our, our, a perfect and seamless workflow. Um, He teaches this year long program with a like select group of violinists every, or just, that's the only thing he does is just like, Bring, it, bring in this group of people, teaches them for a year, and then opens for re-enrollment the next year. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so his setup looks like every week he's in the studio with these or in the digital studio with these people. Um, and they're getting some sort of lesson or whatever else. And we work really closely with his um, program director who attends all these classes and ends up sending us a little note after each class. And is like, oh my God, he said this really funny thing today, or he, um, you know, this moment happened, or this question was really awesome, or he played this so beautifully. Here you go. Um, mm. And we'll, my team, I have a, an account manager who works on his project. She'll go in, she'll, you know, pick out all these little pieces and then work with our graphic designer and video editor to figure out like, does it need any cute like gifts mm. popping across the screen or like stickers coming up or, um, you know, adding, you know, the usual closed captions or whatever else. Um, and then kind of pulling out all those moments and putting it up. And f- for us, this like repurposing ends up being so fruitful because it's, it really is him on screen. It's just us doing all the background work. And I think the beauty of it is that he, we've created something that he doesn't even need to tell us what to do. Um, and, and we're able to, you know, we just have this like awesome system. So that's what we try to build out with all of our clients is this like level of trust a, and then like be like having that. I mean, the level of trust comes from this, seamless system that we built so we really work with people we take like a we have a long runway of onboarding because we believe that like the longer we take to make sure we understand a person the less time we have to interface with them on the flip side which is like you know of course I love all of them and I want to hang out with them all the time but like they're busy and you know the the point is Mm. that we're kind of like um it's like this like goofy thing with running shoes like a really good running shoe you won't feel like you're wearing shoes (laughs) Um, I feel like a really good social media agency. You won't feel like you have a social media manager. Um, it'll just mm. and you won't feel like you have to like babysit them. You won't feel like you have to correct everything and make edits and stuff. So that's kind yeah of what we what, what we try to do and why I feel like I'm so picky with who I work with because you know I don't ever want to have a strained relationship when it comes to something that is so personal and public. Yes, personal and public. That's amazing. That's amazing. I was just about to ask you about, like, are you selective within your onboarding process and what that period is like for you? You know, what would you say or how would you say your team has helped support you over this few years that you've, that you've been doing this? And like, when did you get to a point where you were started delegating tasks and expanding in that way? I think it was somewhat early on when I decided that I needed support with scheduling because I, and I, I've always had mentors. So I feel really grateful for that. I, I started really early. I think before I had um, like hired team who was doing implementation, um, I had a mentor that I hired to, and have been working with for since before my company was official. Um, and I, she was the one who helped me kind of like untangle any of the pieces, like the roadblocks that I felt. So I, I, it was something you said at the beginning about like, what are like major roadblocks? And I was like, at the time, as you were, as you were saying it out loud, I was like, dang, I don't know if I'm going to remember anything <laughs> because I do have roadblocks, but I, I, I feel like I had such great guidance starting mm-hmm. off that I think I feel very equipped to deal with roadblocks. So I rarely think of them as roadblocks anymore. (laughs) Um, I just think of them as like, these things are happening. Okay, cool. Like, how am I going to coach myself through this? How am I going to, how am I going to let other people coach me through this? Um, Mm. So the first thing that I like felt really, really um, 
and like raising my shoulders and like shaky about was like I'm I'm really awful with my own schedule and putting things on my calendar I overthink it I spend way too much time on it um and I end up just becoming a little like stuck with it so mm-hmm. that was the first thing that I knew that I wanted to delegate because I, I wasn't going to get client meetings on the calendar if mm-hmm. I didn't have someone doing those follow-ups making sure that was happening mm-hmm. um and the person that I brought on just like has the mind for that. And she's like brilliantly putting everything together in a way that to me is like, again, feels seamless and effortless. Yeah. But, um, she's really, she's just good at it and, and has trained well for it. So there, there's a couple things like that, like, you know, sending contracts or the things that I felt like were just taking up so much mental energy and it's going to be different for everyone. And I know that it's yeah. different for everyone because some people are like, yeah, I want to always do my own calendar, but that that to me, I felt so stuck on. And so that was like, I was encouraged early on to bring someone on for that. And it really did free up that mental space to be able to bring on more clients and trust that they would be onboarded really seamlessly and have someone holding their hand from the beginning. Um, and then as soon as I was ready to step into the room and and work on strategy, like I could show up and like just do what I did best. Um, and then bringing on like the rest of the team kind of came naturally with just client work, get it, you know, more clients coming on, wanting to expand expertise. So like, you know, my design, my graphic design knowledge only extends through like through like Canva. So I knew I needed to bring someone on who had, you know, more robust design experience and video editing experience. And then someone who was like ready to do the day-to-day implementation, ready to like, if we do have clients to follow up with every day because they want to check out a certain post, I have yeah. someone who's like messaging them and texting them and like figuring out those like more nitty gritty details and I can show up and just like tell them what I think we should be doing next. And and then they're ready to implement. So that's been really cool. Yay. That's amazing. Uh, You know, I love that you're able to find like an aligned mentor. I think that truly sees you and just sees like where they can come in and just like, you know, take you to new heights, I would say. I think that's so exciting. Mentorship is so important. And also with the rest of your team as well. You know, what would you say you're – or what have you kind of learned within your leadership style that's kind of helped you get to this place today? Um, I think that trusting people to do what they're good at mm. um, and trying my best not to put things on people that like, – like I think a couple things. I think I have had been in the – position that a lot of like, you know, like many of us, right? Like we've, we've worked in positions that people that we are hiring are in now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like as baby marketers, like as a baby marketer, like I have, I've been in the place that my account manager has been in now. So I try to constantly trying to like, think about what's the guidance that I would have appreciated back then. Um, I think I'm not a perfect leader. I think I what I try to do more than anything else is constantly have open dialogue is making sure that we have enough room for, you know, you can tell me anything and um, I can tell you, I mean, not anything, but like <laughs> that, that, that there's this open space for like, I'm constantly checking in on, is this, you know, am I, am I telling you to too much? Am I like giving too much detail? Do you need a little bit less reins? Like mm. do you need more guidance here? Like how can I support you? And if something goes wrong, um, this is something that I learned from my my grandmother, who was also an entrepreneur. And like, it, 
there's this um amazing story that that like my aunt tells of her where she she was helping her with something for her work and ended up like really screwing it up and my grandma's first instinct was not to yell it was not to be upset it was just like okay this thing happened how are we going to fix it like what are we going to do together to make this better because the only thing that's important is like getting there and showing up and that's kind of the approach that i feel like i try to take which is if something happened if something if something ever happens like it's never a wow you are awful and you suck and this is so terrible it's like yeah how can we work together to fix it because it's already done mm. and how can we try to like think about not letting this happen again but also stuff happens again <laughs> like yeah. you know there's, there's no such thing as as like the mistake is over and that's it like there are some things where i hope that it wouldn't happen again but that's you know we're we're all human and so that that, that i think is the the biggest thing that i am trying to practice in leadership is um is flow and acceptance and openness. So, mm, yeah, I love that. I really truly feel like you embody that the way that you speak and show up already just through this conversation. So, I think that's just pleasant to hear also. I love that you had guidance from your family. Support is so important. You know, what would you say you're currently learning right now to just level up or working on learning or working on to level up your agency right now? The thing that I'm working on is doing my best not to hold on to things that someone else can do. Um, there are a number of client projects where I am like, I don't even exist on it except for on the meetings. It's awesome. I just show up for the meeting, like for meetings and give my advice and then everyone takes care of it. But there are a few client projects where I'm still like, gripping onto it. <laughs> like I'm like, no, I just really want to be part of this. I just really want to like do the design work for this thing. And I have to really exercise patience and trust that someone else will be able to take on this creative vision and um, that it doesn't have to be me. And there are certain things where, yeah, maybe it has to be me, but that's yeah. more like my personal projects and like my personal artwork. And so like figuring out what things are like really just can only be me and what things I need to, you know, let up a little bit on and trust that someone else can handle that so that I can bring on bigger projects and be, you know, taking full days out to go sit on a video shoot and know my team yeah. has my back. So, so it's mm. delegating still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing. You know, I hear this often with agency owners. They always speak about like just getting to a point of being able to just trust them. I think I heard it trust, you know, the people that they've hired, you know, I've heard of this analogy, I think that had to do with like a soccer game. Like what would you do as someone who's on the team if your coach ended up while you guys were playing the game, ended up jumping in the middle of the game and starting to play with you because they didn't trust that you could do it. And I think that was a great analogy I heard like weeks ago. But, you know, I think that people, agency owners go through that often and it's always a process. But yeah, yeah. we're so used yeah. to doing so much by ourselves. And I think yeah. it's not a matter of like, I don't, I don't even know that I think, I guess it is trust. I guess it is trust, but I don't think about it as trust in the moment, which is why it's so hard. Because if, if you did think about it as trust in the moment, you'd be like, yeah, of course I trust them. Like, yeah. of course I trust them. And when you think about it that way, it's like, oh my God, that's so rude of me for like not 
pretending like I didn't trust them. But like, I don't think you're not thinking about that in the moment. You're thinking about like, oh, it's no, it's fine. I just, I, I want to do this. I, I want to do this. Yeah. You, find, you like, write stories for yourself. So I think it's a matter yeah. of like, I, I love that analogy. And I'm totally going to like channel that and intention next time and be like, be like, okay, remember, like you're the coach and and that this is you showing them that you don't trust them, even though it doesn't, even though you're not saying that, that's yes. what you're showing your team. And I need to remind myself of that because that's not what I want to show them. Yes, absolutely. I'm certain listeners really enjoy that analogy <laughs> as well. And just your perspective on, on leadership and just being an agency owner as well. You know, what would you say it took for you to just get to a consistent basis or maybe stable, I would say, if you would say that as well within your revenue or like what did it take, would you say, if you can name it? Um, it took – I think it took bringing on continuing – I think um, – this is so corny. It's like doing – I think we we got to a point where we were doing really good work with people that we're doing and because we were so referral heavy – we have been so referral heavy and what the budget that we need to maintain right now um, can be maintained by the rate that we're bringing in referrals. And we're thinking about you know growth in terms of like bringing in really big new projects um, and changing up the business model a little bit. But as far as getting to where we are now, um, I think it was really a matter of like doing good work within the projects that we were doing and that brought in you know their clients or their friends and and that gave us that stability we have um like six month minimum contracts so so that ends up bringing in a lot of stability too and predictability mm. um, we end up, you know signing longer term contracts after that six month period but we start with a minimum of six months because we found that even three months is really tight for a lot of people because it, it, you know, we may or may not get to where we want to be in three months. There are some people who have had that, that fortune of, of, you know, the success paying off in those three months and other people, other people, it just takes more time to develop. So um, I think making sure that we have long runways, nothing feels rushed, making sure that we're pricing at a place where we can over deliver instead of feeling like, oh, okay, well, we did this amount of work and you're capped at that amount and now we can, you know, and now you have to like pay us all this money to add stuff on. We try to price everything so that we're able to over-deliver and able to give things that we really want to like spontaneously provide for people or like if we have a different idea, like we can just pivot and not worry about it not being covered by the rate that we have. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, giving tangible examples. I hear that often with, I mean, I think that's amazing that you guys price, you know, so that you're able to over deliver because I hear that often about, okay, well, they wanted this and now we're adding this. Okay, well, they wanted this and now we're adding this. I'm like, oh man. But I think that's, you know, a great (laughs) way to tackle that, I would say. And especially for organic growth as well, like six six month minimum, I think it's important because every... I mean, everyone's different. Every social media is different. Every person and what they're bringing forth, you know, is unique. I think that's so important. You know, what would you say you're currently most proud of right now on your journey as an agency owner or just in life in general? I am so proud of creating a life where, like, on Tuesday, I went skiing in the middle of the or month. Tuesday. Yeah. And I went skiing in the middle of the day (laughs) and I'm proud that I can, that I've created a life where, um, I mean, it really feels like in so many ways, like a dream life where like I can go get hop on a flight and 
go to Utah and go skiing for a weekend and hang out and not worry about having to miss hours in the office or, um, and that like I can move around a couple meetings, you know, I rarely move client meetings. <laughs> I was just moving around my team meetings, but, mm-hmm. um, and being able to like take on kind of the fun, spontaneous stuff in my life because I feel like I love adventure and I love being able to create. I love that I can say, I'm feeling really tired with work today. I'm just going to practice guitar all day and mm-hmm. that's totally okay. And I'll get back to my work tomorrow and make stuff happen. So, um, I think creating so much space for myself in, um, you know, I've never been a conventional person, even in the way that I like study or in what I studied or, um, you know, I'm obviously referencing college cause I don't have a huge past work life to like, to, to tap yeah. into. Um, but I think that I've always loved that level of like freedom. And so, um, even with some of the like more part-time jobs that I had, like through college and into college, it was always like with this goal of, um, being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, and, and feel very, feel like I can say yes to things and not have to pass up on experiences and opportunities that will make me like a better person. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. I'm I'm happy for you. It sounds very just admirable. It's so inspiring to hear. And, you know, I think creating spaciousness, like you said, or just creating that space for yourself is so important just for your wellness. <laughs> and this brings this conversation about wellness and work-life balance and you're just doing the things that speak to you. I think that's so important. On the flip side of this question, what would you say is your biggest rock to move on your journey to seven figures? <laughs> So I think the I I believe that the things that come up for us very early on are going to be the same things or come up in different ways, um, and that's definitely been true for me. And it is a lot around uh, or or like you know new problems with a different outfit on or something. <laughs> like um, <laughs> I think that a lot of what I've what I've felt stuck on in the past. Um, it, that's the stuff that finds its way back to me and that I have to keep being like, keep reminding that doesn't, shouldn't, you know, that it, it doesn't have as loud of a voice as I think it does. Um, mm. I think for me, it's a lot of, um, I'm going to say healthy fear of taking really big steps. So I sent out a, like the biggest proposal of my life a few weeks ago Mm. Um, and the guy has been on vacation or not vacation. He's been traveling for work for a while. So I'm like on the edge of my seat waiting to hear back from him. (laughs) Um, but, but it's like taking it's, it's the funny thing for me is that it's usually not like the, the sales conversation. It's not like those big roadblocks. It's like little things. And like I had mentioned that my first, my early like rock, like the little rocks to move out of the way were Mm. like scheduling or sending an email at the right time and not overthinking it um, because I knew exactly what I wanted to say. And then being able to have someone who's now on my team and I can like send them a voice note and say, this is the email I want to send. Then it'll actually get sent even though other, without me sitting there and like knowing what I want to send for two weeks and not sending it like ridiculous. And so, so I think the same things happen for me now where it's like, 
it's always like the little things of like, I, I know exactly what I need to say, but it's actually sending it and doing it. And I don't know if that's like, I don't know what that, <laughs> that is or what that comes from. Um, but it's, it's that it's those like little, little self-sabotaging moments mm. where I think I just have to remember like to reach out to my mentor when I'm feeling that way of like, I don't know why I just can't send the email. Like, I don't know why mm. it's so weird to just get that out there. Um, and so the the big proposal that I had sent, I was like in, in the room with a, a friend of mine and we were watching TV and um, she was like, didn't you say you were going to send that proposal today? And I was like, yeah, I know exactly what I want to say. Um, I just need to like write it down. It'll take me half an hour. She's like, mm, okay, we're not going to watch the next episode until you do it. And so I was like, okay, great. So I did it and I sent it and it was great. But it was one of those things where like I knew exactly what I wanted to say in my head and and I just had that little like fear. And whether that was coming from a place of like, will he say no? Like I, I don't even know what it was, but it was it was like a self-protective measure of like if I just don't send it out, I won't get rejected. Right. So mm-hmm. um but but I, I knew I wanted to do it and I knew exactly what I wanted to say and I knew what I was se- like selling him was amazing and really good so um that's probably my biggest roadblock is tiny roadblocks <laughs> yeah yeah I really feel you on this I can totally relate I think there's I mean for me personally I would say it's like it's almost like procrastinating in a way because you know what's on the other side is so much greater and will lead to this and it'll be great or it'll be like maybe a denial or maybe a no that you're like oh gosh I don't want to face the no or whatever it may be it's like I don't know. It's like pushing past the like comfort zone. I could totally understand. And then once you do it, you're like, why did that take long? (laughs) Yeah. Like why did it take me 15 minutes to do something or that, that I, that I've been waiting to do for like three months. (laughs) It's so funny. Gosh, it's so funny. But yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I am also curious to know if you have any agency scaling or just anyone that you relate to influencers or authors. I know that you mentioned some mentors previously, but if you have any of those that you'd like to share? Um, there are so many people that I adore and um, I, I will mention my two mentors. Uh, one is Adina Kroll. Um, she is just a brilliant like mindset person and leadership, like kind of her whole thing is confidence and leaders and, mm. um, and building a new kind of leader that isn't, you know, mm. rooted in this like alpha male dominance thing and like being like a leader in whatever way that means for you um and she's brilliant and holds so much space for me and I'm so grateful for it and um my financial mentor uh Amber Duggar she's amazing and has this um has these like fantastic ways of you know focusing on the income you're bringing in and then you know figuring out the like her, her primary focus is like, you know, we're bringing in more money and then we figure out what to do with it. We figure out like how to um, budget and streamline. So those are two people that I'll, I'll reference as like been instrumental in my growth. Yay. Thank you so much for saying that. Do you have any last advice for agency owners or your peers listening to this right now? Um. It's like the advice that I give all my clients too, which is like, if it's not fun, why are you doing it? Mm. <laughs> and if you're not enjoying yourself, <laughs> why are you doing it? <laughs> so uh, the more you can find fun and joy and um, peace and whatever the things are that drive you, uh, 
you know, that's, that's what you want to try to tap into every day. However, it, however that needs to show up for you, um, that's what you should focus on. Yay. Thank you so much, Anya. I really enjoyed this conversation. And yeah, how can people get in contact with you? I am on all socials as at Landau Agency, and you can find me there. We're starting a Facebook group that is going to be like a big experimental, um, like everyone talking. It's only going to be on Facebook because I think Facebook groups are still a great place <laughs> to, to yeah. host host big uh, host big groups. But it's basically just going to be this big like experimental um, space for people to talk about like what they're trying and what they're doing. Uh, with you know anywhere anyone from a social media man another social media manager to other business owners so you can dm mm-hmm. me for info about that i will send a form a type form if you're able to, <laughs> to attach that it's for people to be able to sign up for it yay thank you so much for your time today and yeah have a good rest of your evening or day you too. <laughs> thank you so much for having me